The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Episode of Silence Your Phone, movie review podcast on the network, found on the bicbp-radio.com website. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by my other host, Sean Fritz. The Sean Fritz. The Sean. You should put that on all social media handles. The and Sean like, Fritz. So so that people know like you're the one. Any other Sean Fritz doesn't matter. It's like in uh, Boy Meets World. Where, where Corey wrestled Vader. His nickname was Corey the Corey Matthews. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome, dude. Oh, man. How you doing, dude? I'm uh, I'm doing great. It's bright and sunny here. Uh, no snow on the ground. How about you? Oh, lucky you. We're, uh, we're, we're under some snow, but not bad, dude. It was only maybe a few inches, three or four inches. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, if you say a few inches of snow around here, like no different than everywhere else, bread, eggs, milk, all the obvious perishable things go out the door at the grocery store. <laughs> and which makes no sense because they're perishable you don't know the next time you're going to get out to see civilization yeah yeah so but, this is this, this is like uh when i remember i lived in florida and that's what it was like whenever like tropical storms were coming through yeah when you have to abandon your homes let's yeah. go to the grocery store instead yeah get a, a and get a bunch of milk and bread yeah logic um do they uh do they close how was the last time you guys had had snow february last year we had just enough to not cover the grass where you could see the grass through. It was like a mixture of green and white and it snowed in the morning by late afternoon. It was melted and sunny and above freezing again. Okay. So you guys don't ever get where, where they're closing schools and closing oh, no, buildings no, no. and they, they for, do for snow for snow. No, but no. for the threat of cold weather, they do stop for the threat of cold weather. Uh-huh. What else? What, not not when tornadoes, though, right? It's just like go to school, oh, yeah, but make sure when too. you hear that whistle to duck and cover. The I don't think they do that anymore because they realize that those were the biggest misnomers ever. <laughs> Great. Like, like the radiation drills. Get under your desk because uh, your desk is apparently lead lined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to that's going to save you for sure. When when the nuclear fallout happens. Yeah. The 50 years uh, after where you have to roam around and find not radioactive anything. Yeah. See here in in Buffalo where I record out of is uh when the snow's coming down they they usually close a lot of the schools and a lot of the after school programs. They don't want kids being out there in sub-zero temperatures. Uh but they it's rare where they close uh businesses down. At least my business, the the agency I work for is a behavioral health network. So um you know people need to see their counselors and therapists. And so it's rare that we ever close and, uh, C certain things will stay open for that very, you know, they're considered, you know, um, 
required personnel or, or very yeah. important personnel. Well, I would have to say, I would have to say, uh, you know, on my side of it, on the administrative side, uh, that wouldn't be the case. I, w- I get it maybe on the front lines, mm-hmm. but when you're sitting at a desk staring at, you know, monitors all day, crunching numbers, uh, you know, data, you're, you're, you're on the edge. You're ready to just like flip when you notice that everybody else around you is closed and you still have to make it through that snow to come into work and uh, process your TPS report. Speaking of TPS reports, Sean, what are we talking about this week? Today we're talking about the 1999, I would dare say cult classic, cult hit. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, Office space. Simply put, work sucks. From Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill, comes a movie about people who go to work. Who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15... 15 pieces on. 15 is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. (laughs) And a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm going to go anymore. One of these days, I just just kick this piece off. I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, okay. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> you haven't been showing up and you got to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. Thank you, Bob. This is a... They're going to throw you out on the street so that Bill Lumberg's stock will go up. It's completely unfair. Inatech deserves to go down. We're just the guys to do it. Tell me about that virus you're always talking about. The one that could rip off the company for a bunch of money. I'm not going to do anything illegal, Peter. Illegal? Samir, this is America. The worst they're gonna do is they put you in a white-collar minimum security resort for a couple of months. You know they have conjugal visits there? I might be showing them my O face. Oh, oh. They let you have sex with women? They sure do. Okay, I'll do it. Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So this movie, Office Space, as we said, 1999, uh, I would dare say launched a number of careers. Uh, just listen to this this relevant cast list. Ron Livingston Boom. as Peter Gibbons. Jennifer Aniston as Joanna. Never heard of her. Yeah, some some girl. Uh, David Herdman as Michael Bolton. Probably nice. not a character actor, more so than household name. But dude, this, uh, this film and that character and that name is what solidified him, I think, in pop culture history not only the actor but the singer (laughs) this movie made the singer and and i mean side tangent here tangent city if you will um tangent town uh the uh 
If you've never seen the ballad of Jack Sparrow as done by the Lonely Island and Michael Bolton. Oh, yes. It's so good. Go watch. So good. It. Oh, my goodness. It's 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 it. I kind of want to walk away from my computer and go watch it on my TV. Yeah, we're just going to pause the podcast. Yeah. And we're back. (laughs) Um, uh, and, and I am going to su- struggle with this name, uh, Ajay N- Naidu, uh, Naidu, uh, I, as I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard to say. Uh, Dietrich Bader, everybody yep. knows who Dietrich Bader is. If you don't shame on you, right. Uh, played Lawrence, the next door neighbor who had what? Two scenes yeah. and, and a voiceover. And he was oh, in the man, Drew, 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 Carey. Drew Carey, right? Drew he was, Carey, Drew he was Carey in show. a bunch of the Kevin Smith movies. Yep. Um, just bit parts everywhere, but he's so good. He played Batman, the voice of Batman on uh, The Brave and the Bold. Yes, the he did. He did voice Batman. That's right. I, he's done it a couple of times, actually. Um, next name, uh, big name, Gary Cole. Oh, exactly. Different strokes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's uh, Gary Coleman. I think you're completely on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Big difference. Um, um, Mr. Brady, I think uh, uh, if uh, Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. There you go. There you go. Um, Richard Ryle, Tom Sinkowski, not as big of a name, um, but very pivotal in the movie. Uh, John C. McGinley as Bob Slidell. Ah, what would you say Bob. you do here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been on what Scrubs. Yep. And he's awesome, dude. I love that dude. He's great. Everything he shows up in, he's just wonderful. Uh, Paul Wilson is Bob Porter, the shorter, balder Bob. Second Bob. Yep. Yep. Uh, Orlando Jones as Steve. Hello, my name is Steve. I used to be addicted to crack, but now yeah. I'm the streets and clean. <laughs> That's right. Oh, they selling magazines. Yeah. Uh, and and I think the biggest cameo in this movie that not every not, I didn't know this until many years later and originally watching the movie is Mike Judge. Yes. Stan, yes. the manager of Chowskis with that yes. awesome. I did know that. Man, he had that awesome Howie Mandel from Bobby's World Jerry Curl. Yes, dude. That's so good. It's so good. This, this, Yeah, this film has an amazing cast. And you said it beforehand when you said you dare say a cult film. I think this film is that status, cult film status. Yeah. It's one of these films that transcends the meaning of ratings, the meaning of budget or how much money it made or any of that. It becomes this kind of, you know, the, this piece that... It, it, embeds itself in, in in pop culture in in our subconscious i mean it becomes a thing that's quotable uh you, you know you see it parodied in other movies tv shows sketch comedy shows uh like you said so many people went on to become so you know so much bigger in their careers um based on you know this film this start was one of the starter the, the ones that started it and uh man and and, and when we get into you know the writing in this this for me also i think this became such a cult classic cuz it hit a nerve it was literally touching on how every single person that has ever worked in that office environment and dealt with office politics and dealt with crunching numbers and dealt with bosses breathing down your throat we all felt this way and we all wanted to do what ron livingston's character does in this film it's not even about dealing with executives versus management versus everybody you know the the worker bees and the and the consultants and interviewing for your job in the office rumor mill it's about dealing with different personalities and how peter does the exact what's a little bit more popular now is he does the counterculture thing versus what the social norms are yep 
He's sitting there playing Tetris at work. He skins a fish <laughs> or he guts a fish at his desk. Yep. He strolls in late and tells the consultants who he's interviewing for to keep his job, tells them that he hates his job and they promote him. <laughs> This movie is brilliant. It really is. What's so when was the like when do you remember seeing this? When when did this come on your radar? So the movie came out in 99. I was in 10th grade. Uh I didn't see it then, but my mom had a VHS copy that someone had lent her from work. My mom worked for many many years before I was born up until about I was probably 20. My mom worked in back office in banking. Ironically, I do IT. I'm an IT consultant for banks now. Funny how that works. I don't do anything with money, though, thankfully. She did number crunching, loan management, all that stuff. But, yeah. So different aspects of it. Completely unrelated. Um, but um, so I saw it there and I'm like, oh, there's a guy covered in post-its. That's interesting. Uh, that was the because it was on the VHS box box art. But that was the first time I saw it. But the first uh, had seen its existence. Let me rephrase. The first time I actually saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, was probably 2002. A friend of mine told me that about this movie, how it was, you know, this this and that, and and so I bought the DVD. We watched it. We watched the movie so much we wore out the DVD. Oh, it's so good. But the best part of that move, the movie, wasn't the movie. It was actually the extras, not not the end. But the beginning, how you actually start the DVD. Did you ever own this on DVD, Chris? Oh, you know what? I'm. I bet you when you start to say, I'll, I'll remember. But I feel like, yeah, I did have it on DVD. But what I know what you mean. The me- the menu because back in the day they'd have these little things that with the menu where they'd have animation or sometimes mm-hmm. the actors would come on and and do things and speak to you as a as a viewer uh, just as part of this. Because uh, I think it's the idea is it's kind of like why we have screensavers. The idea for doing that was to so that if you left your your TV on on the menu, it wouldn't burn your screen, right? Part of it, yeah. But yeah, what what was the deal with this one? So with this one, um, you put the disc in and it just sits there. It looks like an old Mac uh, background and it had a window that popped up. It was built on basically to look like the Mac operating system at the time. Yeah. Not not the current OS X or OS whatever it is, but the old school Mac, Apple type stuff. And it had a window that said, press enter to continue. And you press the enter button or the OK button on your D- on your DVD remote, and then the the bar would go across like the loading bar, or <laughs> yeah. I'm uploading a virus bar, and then all of a sudden all these pop up windows would show up. It says a virus detected, vi- you know, like like a heavily infected yes, computer does now. Yes, yes, yes. And then it would, and then the 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 window, uh, the the background would fall back like Peter's desk does, and then you just see the whole office. Yes, I remember still that environment now. in the background. Yes, I do remember that now. Very nice. The, the one thing that I uh, so after we wore that out, I had to buy another version of it. I bought the I bought the red stapler edition. Oh, nice! Which guess what came with a in a tech mug and a red stapler. Dude, that's awesome. One of the things I read when we were looking into the stuff in this movie was that the swing line actually didn't have a red stapler when they were making uh-huh. this. They actually had the painted red, but because of this movie and the popularity of it, uh, they ended up releasing a red swing line stapler. Um, 
for me, I remember I actually saw this a little bit right after it came out on home video. I didn't see it in the theater, but I did. It was on my radar because I'm a huge fan of Mike Judge's work. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead and uh, not just the animated parts, but like the ones where they were making fun of, you know, music videos and stuff. I uh, loved, loved Mike Judge. So when he had put out Beavis and Butthead do America, I went and saw that in the theater. I had to see that. Uh, then I found out he was putting out another movie, but this was a live action movie about people working in an office. So to me, I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I'll wait for it to come out on home video. Um, and then, so yeah, it came out on DVD. We ended up getting it from like, um, maybe blockbuster, I guess, probably I'm sure, uh, watching the film. And I remember just thinking, you know, I thought it was funny and I liked a lot of the actors, but I couldn't really relate. It wasn't until I actually got my very first kind of cubicle office job and seeing what it was like interacting with, you know, the different people in the office, all these different kinds of, you know, the power dynamics. Um, and, and I'm talking about maybe a few few years after that. So when I started watching it again after that, there was a different appreciation for just dealing with that kind of stuff and that whole environment, you know? Well, and that's that's exactly it. It's, it's relatable because it's a personality-driven movie, but even more so it's relatable if you've worked in any kind of office environment. Yes. Just just at the time when it came out, we were just in or just out of school. Yeah. So, so it wasn't as relatable. We hadn't been in the quote real world at that point, even in college or, you know, you're still in the school dynamic, the oppressor and the, or the student and the teacher or the, you know, whatever it's, 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 it's a completely different dynamic when you have to deal with different personalities and different types of people to get what you want. Exactly. Dude, this uh, this movie has forever is always going to be one of my favorites. Seriously, mm-hmm. when I was watching it again the other week, I was just or, or the other day, I was like, "Oh man!" Every single thing about it, from the opening scene with the music, the traffic, how each of these people is <laughs> dealing with traffic, all the way to the very, very end when you know the place is burning to the ground. I, I love it. It's such a great film, and it's like you said at the beginning, the cast blows you away when you see all the different people who were in here then go and watch it and and just the performances are amazing so let's get into this movie why don't we get right into the actors and acting i mean i think we've covered a majority of that already but i i would i mean the acting is is great they play their characters very well um you know there's 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 no illogical choices from illogical jumps or jumps of um, logic that you have to fill in as the viewer where, you know, why is Peter acting this way? Well, he was hypnotized. It's slowly wearing off. And then he freaks out when he has this, you know, this, we're going to take out millions of half, you know, quarter, you know, rounded way down to fractions of a penny. Yeah. He goes and checks it on Friday. He goes, <laughs> they, they do the thing on, on which, okay, there is a le- logic leap here. On Friday, they, they embed this virus. On yeah. Monday, he goes to the ATM with a debit card for an account that they opened when they implanted the virus. <laughs> right. There's no, time to, there's no time to clear either. There's no time for money to clear, nothing, you know, uh, verification of any so- sort. It's just, mm-hmm. we just we're just going to take it at face value. Um, but you're right. He's, he plays this great. So when he's dealing with this thing where he's he's just tired of his job and he, he ends up being hypnotized, how great is it just that look on his face as he walks around in this just total reverie, just kind of in his own world? Um, 
it is. It, it's it's a it's a little bit. It's not like it's realistic. It's not like, like you don't look at that and go, oh wow, like you know, wow, such dramatic. This guy can you know give him an Oscar for this, but he plays that goofiness just enough, and he plays it just where you know it, it feels right and it, it fits this style of comedy, Mike Judge's style of comedy. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, she's what five years into doing Friends by now, so she's already a star. The fact that they got her for this film. Um, which, you know, when you're looking at the, the star power, again, it wasn't like it, it was George Clooney or, you know, Brad Pitt, all these bigger actors. This was a Mike Judge film. Um, so, and I, but I do think this is one of her first films, right? One, well, that's not true. Not Leprechaun. Uh, aside from Leprechaun. Four, I think, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking this is one of the ones that she was starting to hit the, the big screens right after her friend's explosion. I don't know how many she had been doing since then, but I remember this being a little earlier then. She wasn't as, I mean, it wasn't as impactful as, you know, her star power got by the end of Friends. She's been in just a handful of movies and ones I've never actually even heard of before Office Space. So, so she wasn't in, I mean, but Leprechaun, Leprechaun was the first one from 93. Classic. But everything else was a TV series or a movie short yeah. or... Uh, a video game um, extras where she was being interviewed for something for Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, her next credit, ironically, after Office Space, was as a voice, Mrs. Stevens, the choir teacher on South Park in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing, dude. The guys, they landed him. Uh, Gary Cole. Gary Cole's a great actor, man. Some, oh of the, some of the stuff he's been in is just insane, right? And then when you look at him... In this Bill Lumberg gimmick with the glasses, the suspenders, even the way he talks, you know, what's happening? It's that it's that it's that boss that everyone's had at least once in their, you know, work life where every time the guy opened his mouth, you just want to punch him. You just want to punch him in the face. He he has that pentameter about him. It's somewhat (laughs) defeated, somewhat downtrodden, but also somewhat bored. Yeah, bored, and there was a, there's a little bit of condescension in there too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Um, you know, I I met. Um, and this is a Gary Cole story, so follow along. I was at Raleigh Super. I'm sorry, it's called Galaxy Con Raleigh now. In this past uh, this past year, 2019, and I met Christopher Daniel Barnes, who we know uh, did the voice of Peter Parker Spider Man on the Spider Man the Animated Series, nice. the good one. And he was Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. And I just asked him offhand. I'm like, so how was it? Like, I'm like, you don't have to be, you know, I'm not going to tell on you. I said to him, but uh, working with Gary Cole, just t- throw me something out there. He's like, I was like, how was it working with him? He's like, and, and Chris, Chris was very um, understated in anything you asked him. He was kind of like new to the whole convention thing. So he wasn't like, let me tell you what, brother. Uh, he was uh, Gary Cole. And he's like, that guy was great. Joking all the time, just being a silly goof. And when it was time to do business, he did it. He did business. He was just flawless in his in his approach, in his study, and in his craft. I was like, well, all right, man. Yeah. Dude, he's but, awesome. Dude's a, a phenomenal actor. Um, huge work. Huge body of work. I'm, I'm scrolling through here. This thing just goes on and on. Yeah. And on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Stephen Root. Come on. Mil- I, I, at least for this, I think this is probably one of his more iconic roles uh, because anytime people see Milton, if you know this film, um, you know, you know, this guy, he, he's amazing. And then when I, I remember the first time I ever saw him, like the guy who plays Milton and how he doesn't look 
hardly anything. I guess it's the glasses, right? The, the, and and the, the hair. The hair and the enlarged eyes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they're, magnifi- they're magnifiers. <laughs> Those glasses. They're, they're amazing. They're angled dude. and they're magnified. Oh, God, he's so good. Uh, but he's, again, another another body of, of work that just is astounding. Like, go to the guy's Wikipedia page and just look at his films. Unbelievable. And then he goes into television. Forget about it. Hold on. I just, I'm going through his IMDb and I just stopped. Yes. I had to stop the page. I'm going to read this from where it's at up to the one that I had to stop on. Boardwalk Empire. Yep. Heavily regarded show. Justified. Again, same thing. Yeah. Gravity Falls, which is a really good cartoon. Never saw it. You would really like it. Um, Then he did the Fargo TV series. Hot in Cleveland with you know all the the famous comedians Betty White and uh, the other one the other three. This is the one I stopped on. Mike Tyson's Mysteries. Oh, the cartoon. Have you seen this? No, but I hear it's amazing. <laughs> if for nothing else, for the uh, the the the, oh, the credits where they just play the video of Mike Tyson doing ADR and messing up every other word. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. But he was great in um, in news radio too. I don't know if you've a lot yeah. of people haven't seen it. A lot yeah. like this movie when it was in theaters. News radio was a TV show. It wasn't seen when it was on TV. Yeah, it was. Um, no, this it's it's deep. This cast is deep. The the talent in this cast is deep. The stuff mm-hmm. that the body of work combined uh, for this cast is is you know astronomically outrageous. It really is when you see just all the kinds of you know works that each of these people have ended up putting out a- after the fact. Um, but let's move well, on from acting and actors. Let's let's uh, let's go into the story, the plot, and the writing. Let's go into let's let's go into that stuff. So the written page, the written page, the pen is mightier. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, what does it say? That the no wait, a picture is worth a thousand words, but a pen is mightier than the sword. I believe you. Sure. Um, yeah. Dude, the writing, again, for me, as I was watching this, so because when I was re-watching this, and now I feel that this is what I'm going to do since we're doing this this show, is that I'm a little bit more critical. I'm, I'm a little bit more observant. You know, I'm trying, like I did with, with Back to the Future, I tried to think to myself, you know, try not to look at this with nostalgia. It didn't work. Uh, it was still amazing, even though we found little things here and there where you're like, eh, you know, whatever. Um Office space, though, I feel like it just works. It works on all levels. Like we said at the beginning of the show, the, the, the writing on here, the actual story and plot is something that, you know, touches different aspects of, of life that anybody can really relate to, whether it's the office work, the interpersonal relationships in that regard, personal relationships, you know, your girlfriend cheating on you or you meeting somebody new and being kind of that excited, you know, first time go hang out for lunch thing, uh, it feels like this this movie is I don't know I didn't really find too much wrong with it aside from maybe the uh, how fast did they get that ATM card? There are some continuity errors, but you know, in the broad scheme of things, it's like you know, continuity errors being the the glass was had different levels of water in it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, but you know, whoop de do production. That's, yeah, production yeah, basically. Yeah, that's you know, no big deal. The you know it's it's the story is believable. Yep. The the plot is is well paced. I think, um, you know, there are moments of levity when there are, you know, like Pete, Peter keeps telling everybody, like you said, he's like, 
things are going great with Anne, but I think she's been cheating on me. <laughs> I know. He goes, I he get the feeling so- she's cheating on me. I know what you mean. <laughs> and then when she, yeah, I was like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Everybody like says that. it too, because he says it to Lawrence and he's like, I know what you're talking about, man. Me too. He's like, what? But then, but then my, my favorite is that when, like, when he's calm and just in his Zen mode, and yeah. she calls him and he just lets it go to voicemail because he sleep because he did that normal 19 year old thing where he slept in till 2 p.m. Yep. And on the day he was supposed to be at work and and she calls and leaves him a voicemail and screams so much that the answering machine actually moves and vibrates along that, the desk. That's so amazing. Do people have answering machines at their homes anymore? Is that a thing? Like or is this I mean, is now because I was noticing there are things in this film that get, make it dated when you see it. Right. So like this, is an answering machine still a thing? I, you know, I, I think there's still some holdouts like my grandmother. But the only reason I say that is that the people are holding out on it is because they don't have a home telephone system that isn't digital. So they don't have uh, like like the physical answering machine with the tape or the mini tape. I think those are long gone simply because yeah. you can now get a telephone that has a built-in machine, a digital machine. There you go. There you go uh overall dude this plot is it's a cool plot um and who 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 in their you know who hasn't wanted to screw their their boss or their workplace before uh you know it there everyone has that daydream and i feel like again so much of what this touches on is 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 this kind of innate just feeling inside of that you get when you're in middle middle america middle management or you know in in this kind of work environment the office space you're in the expendable space uh, at work exactly. is yes, where you that's are exactly what it is um have you ever worked at an agency where they brought in outside consultants to say uh hey tell us what you do for your job i am an outside consultant oh you're the you're the bob no I mean, we sell a service. So if somebody, if if a bank is, I'm the guy that comes in after Bob and says, this is how we're, not this is how we're doing it, but basically I do something very similar to this in that, but it's all with their telephones. It's like, all right, so who has a phone? Who needs a phone number? Who, uh, you know, how can we uh, group these extensions? If they don't answer it, where does it ring to? Does it go to voicemail? Do they get their voicemails in their emails? Can they answer their desk phones from their cell phone? So I come uh, in and I do the post. You do the after after they come in and do you they you you do the cleanup after they they do all the firing of of the phones. They're like mm-hmm. get these out, get that out, get this out. You come in and I'm like all right, we're taking care of this and you're going to be good and going after we're done. Yeah, after all the sales guys make their commission, I come in and clean up their their messes. There you go. Um yeah, so I think we agree that the writing and the, the stories the story for this film is 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 pretty on point. Uh let's move on to the soundtrack and music. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah. I mean, take this job and shove it. I love this freaking soundtrack, dude. This soundtrack is so classic. You can't help but whenever you hear, if you've seen this film, whenever you hear that Ghetto Boy song, mm-hmm. uh, you can't just help but see that slow-mo, you know, beating the shit out of the printer with a baseball bat. I mean, th- that's that's probably the most famous, you know, let's take, let's go beat up this fucking fax machine. Oh, it's so good, dude. But I was looking at the soundtrack. There's so many. So if you, this is like a, a snapshot of 90s hip hop right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghetto Boys, Ice Cube, Cool Key. Scarface. Uh, Cannabis, Scarface. Dude, it's it's amazing. Just missing some Big Daddy Kane. 
I'm sure that's on the uh, the unreleased the unreleased soundtrack. <laughs> What's up with that too in movies? Like you'll have a soundtrack and you'll hear all these songs, and then there's only certain songs on the on the regular soundtrack. You don't there's other ones that aren't on it at all. Is that just like a licensing uh, copyright thing? I've noticed that they put out two soundtracks anymore. One is the original score, or also known as original score with music as inspired by. You know, like uh, actually no, that's. They'll put out two different soundtracks. One is with the score that's scored by like Michael Giacchino or John yeah. Williams or the guy from um, um, uh, uh, Devo. Um, yeah. You know, the, the guy did Deep. Thor Ragnarok. I call him Mr. Devo. He's got a, you would know his name if I said it, but I'm, I'm not thinking about it right now. Um, you know, those are where they actually write original pieces. But then there's also yeah. like like the uh, like the the '80s synth that was written for Thor Ragnarok, and then there's the immigration song, or the Im- immigrant yeah. song, which is yeah, you know the music from the movie, and then there's music inspired by the movie, which is the the, the original score. So, but even music from the movie, so like you'll have like I don't know if you've ever seen Dazed and Confused, but you'll have all these songs that are like classic 70s songs Mm -hmm. but only a handful of them are actually on the soundtrack you know what movie did it though was forrest gump put them all out yes they did see but it might have been a licensing or a contract or you know oh this is a steven spielberg movie or this is a you know pick a really big director of the time mike judge is a nobody and the movie cost yeah here's the thing side note movie cost 10 million to make yeah and it made like 10 million 12 one thousand one hundred thousand dollars so it barely, yeah it was not it barely made anything it was it was seen as a, a big flop at the time but yeah. you know so so it's my guess because i'm not in the music industry although there's some side hustle going on more on that to come later get it get um, it ghetto boys uh, well, well ironically i know a guy <laughs> who knows a guy who knows them so i have three oh degrees man of separation. damn it feels good to be a gangster that's that's going to be your new theme song uh, real gangster ass brother flexes his nuts. There you go. Whatever, whatever he said. Anyways, so there's. I'm guessing because they got these song, these movie, the movie didn't cost that much, including the soundtrack. So they got, you know, it, it's probably something to do with licensing or the contract. We'll yeah. pay you fifty grand for the, just the movie rights, and you know DVD and whatnot. But then we'll give you seventy five thousand for uh, to release it on, you know, soundtrack or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's sweet, dude. Uh, um, for me, a classic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. Um, the last the last thing we look at in these movies when we're rating them is special effects. There, there weren't so, any, were there? This? What do you mean? Are you kidding? Uh... The heart attack scene was one of the most dramatic scenes of all time. It wasn't a special effect, though, was it? I don't think he was sweating for real. I think that was all CG. I don't know. It was CG as much as it was just. <laughs> I'm just messing, dude. This movie had no special effects. Like, there's going to be movies we watch where, like, whatever we're, we usually rate in that time, it's not going to be there. And there, I don't think there's anything you could see here and say, maybe, you know, maybe they touched up the sky to make it look bluer at certain scenes, or maybe they did this or that. Not but for 10 million. Like you said, with such a low budget, yeah, exactly, with such a low budget, there was, this movie was not about special effects. This movie was about being practical, about telling a story, and, uh, you know, the story was, here, we are in an office space. Yeah, I mean, that's... Deal with it. The only, I mean, I think they were all practical. Like, you know, Frank Darabont yeah. would, and, and um, you know, what's his name, uh, uh, Romero would be proud. They were all practical effects. 
Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, it's there's nothing nothing in this film that you, if you're looking for like lasers and explosions <laughs> or any kind of CG, you're in the wrong film, buddy. I think I think that's a live that's a legit real fish that he's cleaning. That's not CG. If they were. It might be a prop, but oh, yeah. oh, there is one scene. There's one scene that has to be uh, post-produced. There's no way they actually caught that shit on close-up. The old guy that was walking past Samir at the beginning. Nah, the the set though. <laughs> <laughs> the the scene where every single day when he walks into that office, he's got to reach for the the knob and he gets that static electrical oh, yeah, shock. Yeah. That was definitely. So there's a close-up, you know, and it shows that little white zap. That static electricity. Yeah, I think that was the only special effects in the film. And I got to tell you, it looked realistic. So uh, bravo. And, and, bravo. And the look on his face at when he, like the second and third time, he just like grimaced and he's like, Ur. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, dude. So let me ask you something. Overall, we we dis- we like this film, right? But so what for you are some of the more notable scenes or what is your favorite scenes or, or quotes from the film? Well, I mean, the 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 fax machine getting beat up is, is one. Oh classic um i mean seeing you know going into the bobs and them saying well you've been missing a lot of work i wouldn't be missing it. i wouldn't say i've been missing it bob <laughs> i mean i have yeah. quoted that plenty of times um, the entire monologue dude the whole thing about how much work he does in a given day about 15 minutes of good hard work you know the whole thing is great yeah in a given week i'd say i do about 15 minutes of real work bob 15 I minutes <laughs> I love the the inter the interchange between him and uh, Lawrence, and he's like, uh, "Let me ask you something. Anybody ever say to you, sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays?" He's like, "No, nah. shit, no, nah, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something <laughs> like that, man." And, and you know, uh, it, this this was this movie came out before this audio was leaked. But did you ever hear the oh, audio of the guy that called up the Jimmy Dean Sausage Company to complain that they're that they had discontinued their 16-ounce roll of uh, of sausage for 12-ounce. No, tell me it sounds like Lawrence, dude. Oh, oh, big time. This guy's like oh. southern, like either like a mix between like like Creole, Louisiana. Not Creole, but like, you know, we don't have a real street address, Louisiana. Oh, wow. You know, you got to get there by motorboat. That's amazing. And like super deep down south, like Biloxi, Mississippi. Amazing. And he goes to hang up the phone and talk to his son basically about the message he just left and when he hangs up he doesn't hang up so the the message continues to record and he says <laughs> how are they going to feed five people with 12 ounces of, uh, of that pussy roll of sausage and when 16 was fine enough for me you me your mother and your two sisters he's like i want to eat i think someone should get their ass kicked for that <laughs> that's amazing it's lawrence come to life oh man it is the this movie is is so good there's so many see uh all all the milton scenes so you know this film all the characters uh, a a lot of these characters the milton character and the bill lumber character are actually characters that mike judge had Mm -hmm. before this movie he had a a thing of little shorts where uh it it was focused on milton and his boss bill lumberg um, and the funny thing is, is, is Milton's a, a side character in here, but he's so memorable, dude. Those giant glasses that just kind of stuttering little mutter that he does. And and uh, I was told they could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. And it, he just keeps talking no matter what. Even if like like Ron Livingston starts talking back at him, he's like still talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> or he's trying to get off the phone and he's trying to close his computer down. He's like, and then I told her, if they move me again, I swear, I'm just going to have to. And he's like, okay, I got to go. Yeah, that's fine, Milton. Yeah. And he's like grabbing his jacket and putting his laptop in his bag and he turns around oh, and there's dude, Bill right behind I, Everything. Okay. And then how about everything about Lumberg, right? Everybody knows that. What's happening? Yep. And there's so many What's memes happening? about it and- Oh God! Yeah, this this movie is one of those classics. It's so chock full of every all those moments, you know. The the imagery uh, with Milton is 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 perfect too because his yes. shirt blends into the carpet material of his cubicle, and his tie <laughs> is the perfect, almost the perfect color to look like one of those columns that joins two two uh, cubicle panels together. Yeah, he's just supposed to like fade in the mm-hmm. background, basically. Yeah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Hold on, remember, so good. remember when Bob goes down? The uh, uh, not Bob, um, was it Dean? Uh, the the boss that always smacks you on the back too hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and like he winds up and he, like he holds it back like he's like he's about to shoot an arrow or something. But when he uh, when he goes downstairs to the basement and tells Milton or Bill goes down and tells him to clean up. Yeah, Bill was down there t- and tells him to just spray some insecticides and some rat poison. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, let's just call him Dean because I can't remember his name. I think it's Dean. Uh, comes to get Bill and says there's a lot of money missing from accounting. And they just turn the lights off on Milton. And he's like, that's it. I'm, that's the last straw. <laughs> I'm going to burn the place to the ground. Because <laughs> he's saying that earlier too. He says, I swear I told him before I'm going to. Burn it, but burn it down. And oh, don't don't forget the lady. I'm sorry. Don't forget the lady. Corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking. Just a moment. And it's over and th- over but it's and high over. Pitched, and the pitch changes ever so slightly. Just a moment. <laughs> oh, dude, this film. Ever, we could literally go on for another hour talking about all the just great moments in this film, from the kung fu watching with Jennifer Aniston and Livingston to um the opening like we said the traffic scene where the guys the old man's walking faster than samir's car mm-hmm. uh, rating i'm giving this one for me is a 4.5 out of five swing line staplers it's not perfect enough like back to the future where that to me is just a complete magic of a movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. um this one still is got it's it's there. This is one of the greater movies in my generation, from my memories, from my uh, nostalgia. Uh, overall, even as a comedy piece, as a, as a commentary on on the work life and office life, uh, four point five out of five swing line staplers. Just the standard black ones. Ah, red dude, red staplers. I'm gonna echo your sentiments very closely. I'm gonna go four point two five, simply because the first time I saw it. I didn't understand. I didn't have the the background knowledge, and, and it's not the movie's fault. And yeah. and and maybe it wasn't set up or or presented that way. As I mean, it just work sucks. Well, I've worked I worked retail up until the first time I saw it. For actually, for the first few times, seeing it again, yeah. uh, you know, living, living. Uh, well, sometimes uh, being in a corporate back office cubicle farm or cubicle environment. Uh, albeit smaller, and now I work from home, which <laughs> is great. But I see different cubicle farms everywhere I go because yeah. I'm a consultant, more or less. So I can identify with more aspects of this movie than I did when I originally saw it. And I think maybe more collectively than some people do, than different gr- different groups of people do separately, because I have been on most sides of that 
you know, the employee, the, uh, the management, yep. the, the, the guy that's brought in and they're like, who's this guy? What's he doing here? You're the Bob. Uh, not quite, but close enough. Um, you know, uh, and, and it's, I, I can identify with a lot of that. I can see a lot of the sillies that happen. I can see a lot of the annoyances. Mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. I, and I hear people talk about them. They will mm-hmm. confide yep, in me exactly. because they're not going to see me after whenever. Plus, I, and there's also this hope. There, there, there's. Oh, it's almost like you know they're the downtrodden, and you're this guy that they're looking at. Like maybe there's hope. Maybe you're the person that they can say something to, and change will finally happen. You've got some sort of power. I do actually. See, there you go. And then That's, I tell them to put a ticket in with savior. IT. <laughs> <laughs> but I do give That's them a break amazing, from dude. their monotony when I do, because I, I also do the, I, I develop and design the phone system, and then I yeah. train them on how to use it. And you're like, well, it's just a phone. You pick it up and answer. Not like, always yeah, right. true. Uh, Until you're deleting messages or forwarding the wrong message to everyone mm-hmm. in, the, in the agency. Yeah, but I, you know, I give them an hour and fifteen of fun relief from whatever their boring day to day job is or whatever there they're. I got to sit next to this guy. And then we talk badly about some people and other people and you know, it's fun. Yeah. But you're the eyes and ears of every agency out there. Uh, but I would agree. I would say that we both agree that office space, uh, this definitely deserves a place on the silence your phones, DVD collection shelf. I would agree. 100%. Uh, next week, folks, make sure you tune in because we're about to watch contagion we've sequenced the virus and determined its origin and we've modeled the way it enters the cells of the lung and the brain and the virus contains both bat and pig sequences in the bottom right you can see the dark green is pig and the light green is bat and here you can see the crossover event uh bat bat and pig bat and here is a model of the virus and how it attaches to its host. Uh, the blue is virus and the gold is human and the red is the viral attachment protein and the green is its receptor in the human cells. These receptors are found in the cells of both uh, the respiratory tract and the central nervous system. And the virus attaches to the cell like a key slipping into a lock. Somewhere in the world, the wrong pig met up with the wrong bat. That's right. Get yourself a medical mask, a dust mask, what do you call whatever you call those Michael Jackson masks. And uh I call them SARS masks. SARS mask? Well, it's about to be called the coronavirus mask. Ooh. So uh next week, make sure you tune in. We're watching Contagion. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. For Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. We're out of here. Mm-hmm.